Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly, founder of OBP Australia, a service for overseas-born professionals looking to either get their first job in Australia or advance their career once they're established in their profession. Welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking to an ex-OBP Australia client who's been successful in finding employment in Australia. We'll get to hear about their journey and what advice they have for job seekers. Shehab is an insights and data specialist with extensive experience in the public sector at both state and federal levels, government agencies and private sector. We first met seven years ago back in 2016. Shehab has always been highly motivated with an eye on his career trajectory. He's joining me today to share his journey. Shehab, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Terry. Long time not talk. And thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Thanks for joining me. Now, you've been here for quite a while now, but let's just take us back to when you first arrived in Australia. How were those first few months? Mm, well, the first impression, honestly, Terry, I've had, I remember um, it was actually when I arrived to Australia in 2015. I left the airport at 8 p.m. on Thursday, and it was quiet in Perth, you know. So just driving actually from the airport to one of the suburbs in Perth, and it was very, very quiet. But I guess the first few months were full of excitement and joy um, because I was just a student. And um, I'm a type of person actually who really enjoys, you know, changes. So I really loved it, I guess, for the first um, couple of months here in Australia. Excellent. Now, that being quiet is an interesting um, uh, comment because some people, even though we know it's 25 million people here, it can feel very empty sometimes. What do you think about that? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, when we when we talk actually about Australia, which is a big continent here, and you have only 25 million people living around the coast, and when you come actually, because I came all the way actually from the Middle East, um, which is... Yeah, it, it could be actually quite busy. So you have a lot of people like, you know, in, in, in a small city. So um, it's it's a different experience. But I guess once you experience like different cultures and different cities as well, you tend to enjoy actually quiet cities after some time. Yeah. And what did you know about Australia before you came? Honestly, Terry, I had a very little knowledge about Australia. I think it was a coincidence. I was planning to go somewhere else. And I guess in the last um, in the last month before I'm before I coming actually to to Australia, one of my parents' um, um, friend he recommended you know to come to Perth and he studied there, and he did actually mention all the advantages about Australia. And I guess there is there is a saying, you know, best things in life aren't planned. Yeah, yeah, very true. And did you do any research before you came on how to find a job? So you're coming as a student, so that's probably not the first thing in your mind. But did you have anything in mind about what you wanted to do after you studied? Honestly, I haven't done a research before I came to Australia because, you know, I was doing my master's. But I guess in my last year when um, at university, I started, you know, doing a research and a friend of mine, I remember actually, he he um, suggested me, you know, to reach out to you. And I guess one of the suggestions that you provided to me is to start volunteering while I'm still at uni. And I guess that volunteering opportunity secured me my first job literally after I graduated. 
Yeah, that that was a really good move. A lot of people don't do that during their studies and then the opportunity passes. So that was pretty smart on your part. So (laughs) you're well established in your career now. Tell us a little bit about your job and how you've progressed to this point in your career. Um, well, um, I, I think um, I really enjoy, I think, um, analysis and data analysis as well. So when I just, it, it was the roller coaster. I think it wasn't as easy as everyone thinks. Um, still, you had to work hard and do a lot of research and, and actually push yourself, you know, I'd say to, to the maximum where you would be able to, you know, learn from senior people actually in the industry. So I guess um, I've, I've had a lot of um, challenges at the beginning, the first couple of years, but then um, after some time, actually it becomes like something easy for you to to be able to actually, you know, um, maintain after some time. And you've worked across various sectors. Is it important to have specific industry domain experience or when you're working in data or is data data? Does it apply across all domains? Um. Honestly, data is data. And I remember in 2019, um, when I moved from, from Geelong to Tassie, and I was working actually um federal government agency where it's more about people's data. And now I moved to Tassie where I worked in actually the energy um, industry, and it was very challenging to me to understand that data. And one of the senior analysts there um, used to work in that industry for over 12 years. And he said to me, she had data is just data so you have to know the data sources and where it's stored and what's the format of the data and how accurate is the information that you get as well so when it comes to the data analysis phase so you need to have like a little knowledge of the data i mean and by consulting with the subject matter experts for example like electrical engineers or doctors just to get more understanding before you do your analysis so when you're moving across sectors, did you find that employers would value industry experience or is it more about your data analysis skills? It, it depends on how actually you justify it. You know, So when you go to an interview, probably you need to be confident in terms of the value that you're going to be adding to the new agency or to the new actually sector that you're going to. I guess normally before I start, I do some research and I put like some scenarios in terms of how how I'm going to actually be analyzing their information or the data um, and just make up like a scenario in the interview. And then, yeah, and then it should be actually easy for them to be able, as long as you are able to learn and keen to learn as well, it shouldn't be a challenge at all. Right. So, so showing some interest in the industry is important as well, even though you haven't had experience in that area. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And, and look, data, uh, it's a broad term just tell me a little bit about what you do on a daily basis in in your current role let's say um first thing first is i need to get my coffee before i squeeze my brain and deal with (laughs) the challenges and and if you ask all of my colleagues managers who worked with me they tell you that she have want to start his day without his coffee because analysis requires a lot of thinking and squeezing your brain as well so Yes, it varies. So attending meetings most of the time, either to gather requirements from stakeholders, presenting reports, or working with different business areas, like for example, IT teams, just to gather data from them. In um, 
sometimes when it comes to actually, if I'm working on a specific project, I'll be actually having like a daily stand-ups and, and working actually with, with IT teams to progress on a specific report. But, um, and other times when we have, I'm not actually involved in a specific project, then we would be doing a lot of planning and, wor and working on um, improving our processes and how to become more efficient, for example, and lessons to be learned as well. So of all those tasks you've just mentioned, what do you think is the most challenging? What's the toughest part of the job? I think by far, and, and I guess everyone in the analysis feed, um, field would agree on this, um, it would be the stakeholder engagement. As working with different business areas, people, they have different opinions. And if you'd like to make a change, you have to influence and change as well, either directly or indirectly through your analysis that you are providing to the, to the business. It's funny, isn't it? Because I, I have a lot of clients and everybody is so concerned about their technical skills, about their understanding of the role. But you, you talk to people and 99% of the problems at work come from dealing with other people. Exactly. Exactly. We, we are complicated beings. Everybody is different. People don't get along necessarily. And the challenges usually are generated through your dealings with other people. So that's interesting. And what yeah. about the most rewarding? I, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was I was just saying because um it, it's all about the decision makers and, and 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 as an analyst, you do analyze and investigate information and recommend. So we present reports to decision makers in terms of making the right decisions. So you do analyze and recommend to them a specific um, action to take, but they take actually the opposite recommendation that to what you've been providing to them before. Hmm. So I guess in terms of how you could influence that change, and I guess that one of them, one of the things that really um, encouraged me to become also a decision maker, to move from an analyst to become a team leader, to be able to see the other perspective, how decision makers are, you know, thinking differently when it comes to taking decisions and how they do actually digest and see the reports that the analyst produces. Yeah, that's interesting because you're, you're sitting across two areas there. And do, do they ever feel like that you're working outside your area of expertise by offering too much advice or... Does that ever come up? I guess as an as an analyst, you try to bridge the gap, I'd say, between um, the technical people and try to be the middle person between the technical people and also the decision makers or management. So being able to speak a very simple language and translate, you know, the technical language to um, non-technical people, it's it's very important. And um, you you do actually face a lot of challenges as well, I guess, from both from both sides, but um, after some time, it's just a skill that you will actually acquire and learn and improve, you know, as you go. And what about the rewarding aspects aspects of the job? What do you enjoy the most? I think I adore analysis. I do have the passion for it. So um, I think it's far away from routine jobs. So it's brain stimulating and squeeze your brain and, and it pushes away, pushes you actually to continue learning new skills and always be up to date. And I think this is one of the rewarding um, aspect of my job. So just on that always learning new skills, what what's changing at the moment? How do you see the future and how are people keeping up to date in the data space? That's interesting. I think um, 
I've I've always been thinking how I could always you know be up to date. So a couple of years ago, I had this question in my mind. Um, either to become like a data scientist and follow the technical path, or follow the other path where I could actually be focused on the management side of it and managing people and managing stakeholders. So I thought it would be easier for me to continue on the leadership and the management um, phase where it's easier to actually um, improve these soft skills and I guess and also be like a decision maker. So I do tend um, to become actually, um, I'd say that that would be the aim is to become like a CTO, which is the chief technical officer. So you need to acquire a lot of skills and learn as you go until actually you, you, you achieve to that role. Right, that's interesting. So, and on the the hard skills side of things, uh, are people given professional development, formal professional development within the organisation, or are people just expected to learn as you go, and and all of that's left up to you? I guess in most of the corporates um, that I worked for, they used to they used to offer like a pro professional development, um, and or actually you could um, just find a course and they will pay for it. So currently, I'm in. I'm trying. I'm preparing for something. A certification, CBDA, which is a certification in business data analytics by International Institute of Business Analysis. Right, and for people who are maybe studying at the moment or considering, I get a lot of people who actually move from their profession. So I get engineers who want to become data analysts because it's seen as, you know, a growth area and there are lots of jobs, but there are also a lot of people trying to get in. So it's highly competitive. What would you yep. advise someone to, to do who's trying to break into the profession? I guess to be able to see them, um, the, the the skills that is needed, you know, for the role. Now it's becoming, as you mentioned, it's very competitive in the area. But I guess as an analyst, I think a lot of people, they focus always on the technical side of the, the, the analysis um, um, roles. I think it's really, really important to be able to communicate um, well when it comes to um, analyzing, I'd say, either like um, information either that you're a business analyst or a data analyst. And, and and it's a challenge where you have to bridge the gap, as I said, you know, between different business areas to decision makers. So um, soft skills, is it's very valuable, I guess, nowadays in the analysis field. And I think this is where it makes you shine. Uh, because as you mentioned before, a lot of people, they only focus on the technical side of it. But I guess I'm taking the other side. It's still the technical is very important but you also have to make sure that you improve your communication skills where you would be able to engage with different stakeholders and be able also to influence a change. Even though actually it's indirect, but still you have to be part of a change through your analysis that you're providing to the business. Right. That's excellent advice. And what avenues to employment did you follow? I mean, did you just deal through recruiters? Did you apply directly? Did you approach people, network? What, what's been your main way of getting work? I guess I kept it simple. Um, recruiters, I remember re I always reach out to you, Terry, you know, yeah. every, every couple of years. Always when um, the first couple of years when I reached out to you, you did actually create a solid foundation in terms of how I could start my career. And I thank you for that. Um, but then I started reaching out to you to get more advice in terms of 
which path I should follow. And I guess last year when I reached out to you, I was doing management and um, and I was a little bit, I'd say, exhausted, you know, with, with, with management because I was still young and still learning the leadership and how I could manage teams in Australia, which is a different culture comparing actually overseas. Um, so I was saying, should I continue actually in that leadership uh, or the managerial role or go back actually to the technical role? So um, I guess reaching out to subject matter ex experts is very important, like yourself and having the advice. And you've been actually a great mentor as well um, in terms of providing a very valuable um, information. It could be only one call that all I need from you, Terry, but then actually that really gives me like a clear direction in terms of where I'm heading next. Um, so recruiters applying to um, um, expression of interest as well, directly to specific organizations. But I guess it's, I, I was very lucky and blessed, I guess, you know, with, with my career here in Australia. Well, that's great. Our conversations have been useful. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. And just on the, the application process and so on, you must have had a few interviews over the years in Australia. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, how would you describe the interview process in Australia for maybe people who haven't experienced it? Uh, what's the tough part? What do you find difficult about an interview in Australia? Um, I think I'm just trying to go back on time because now I'm mastering interviews. Now I do enjoy actual interviews. Sure. Um, but I guess at, at the start... And, and the first interviews that I've had before I graduate from university or even after I graduate, it was a bit challenging in terms of you don't know actually what to expect. And I guess each business um, or each actually interview, sometimes it could be different. For example, some corporates, they, they have to, you have to go through a test and you have actually um, some assessments that you have to actually complete. Um, and the questions could vary as well. I guess in other organizations could be a casual interview where it's just you just have a chat and be able to um, show them what value that you're going to be providing to the business. And that would be it. I guess it was different. So the challenges I've, I've been facing is just having little knowledge and little experience of interviews. But after multiple interviews I've had from different businesses and different corporates, I guess you would be able to have a good database that say, a lot of information from different business areas in terms of how you could actually um, 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 do well in an interview. I've had last year um, multiple interviews with a couple of the, you know, big four. And I get the job, but I actually, I don't accept it. I just want to make sure that I'm always competitive in the market and I don't lose that skill when I go actually to an interview. Just making sure that you always confidence of the skills that you have and confident actually in terms of the, the, the value that you would be able to, to bring to the business. And this is by doing a research before you go also to, to the interview, doing a research about the business that you might actually be working in. So I think preparation is always very important, understanding what the business does and what's the value that you're going to bring to the table. It's interesting that you say you actually enjoy interviews now. Why do you think that is? Because um, I th it was very challenging at the start. I guess the first two interviews were very stressful. Um, and, and I guess 
because I didn't have enough experience, enough skills um, in the field. You know, I think I had only three months um, experience in my field. So it was really hard to be able to justify how, what value that you're going to be actually bringing to the business. But after a couple of years of experience I have, I'm very confident of the skills that I have in terms of and, and, and the value that I'm going to be adding to the business. So now when you go to any, um, any actually um, um, corporate or business um, 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 or organization, I, once I do actually enough research, I start making up some scenarios and I start bringing examples in the interview itself in terms of how I'm going to be resolving some of the problems that they have what value that I'm going to be adding to, to this specific team. So it, it gives me that confidence um, that you are valuable everywhere you go. And I guess it's also, I treat myself as a brand. So every now and then you try to acquire new skills. And I guess also one of the things, um, Terry, that you've mentioned to me, um, that was four, four years ago, is when you go to... Um, a new state or a new um, 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 city, try to know actually the footy team that the people like. And I st when I went to Geelong, and that, that was the second job actually I've had in Australia, I started reading about Geelong Cats and the best players that they have. This is actually, that was, the, that was actually the icebreaker in terms of how we could start the interview. So um, because we are human beings, so just having that um, 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 communication and be able to communicate efficiently i'd say with 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 um with people it's very important that's a really impressive um strategy for approaching interviews uh not just the football side of things but the whole you know having the confidence and almost like you're eager to to show them almost you know what you can bring for their their organization i think that's uh would be really exactly. impressive for any employer that's true yeah so great work there so finally, just to to sum up, what advice would you give to somebody perhaps who is has has their visa, they're about to embark on the immigration journey, they are don't know anybody in Australia and they're just thinking, what is going to be in store for me? What advice could you have for somebody in that situation? I guess first thing first is to do a research. They they have to they have to do um, a good research and in terms of understanding the Australian market, um, also the skills that is needed um, in Australia. I guess when you compare, you know, um, the, the 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 working culture in Australia comparing to rest of the world, um, I guess here they really admire skills, knowledge and experience are also very valuable. But I think. People, they not, yeah, I mean, back home, experience comes first and knowledge comes second and skills uh, comes third. Here, skills is very important where being able to show them that you are able, able to learn. Uh, being part of um, also, you know, interview panels um, and also because I was a manager for the past two years, we didn't look only at or focus only on on education, like I have a PhD on this or a master's. Yes, as long as you have enough knowledge, which is important, but also the ability to learn and the skills 
of uh, of communication and the soft skills is very it's as important as the technical skills as well. So um, doing research, understanding actually the skills is needed for your sector is very important, and try to reach out to people. I'd say in LinkedIn, LinkedIn is very good in terms of actually networking. It's all about who you know, not what you know sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Um, so networking is very important as well. And um, yeah, just just enough research and, and, um, and that, that would actually be a good start. That's great advice, Shehab. So I'm sure anybody listening here will will take a lot from what you've said today. Thanks for joining us and good luck with your career as it progresses and uh, congratulations on the growth that you have experienced so far and thanks for joining us thank you so much Terry. obp australia provides guidance and support with job applications and approaching employers industry awareness interview coaching and language and communication you'll also be introduced to your professional peers already working in australia so you can get the lowdown on what's happening in your industry or profession if you're looking for guidance and support to find your next job, email me at terry at obpaustralia.com.au. Let's talk.